pee is stored in the balls. Stored in the balls. Stored in the balls. Um, <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to our podcast. Wow, we have a band. I'm your host, Nick. And I'm your other host, Ryan. And we're a show all about uh, music, why we love it, so great about it, and finding other people's perspectives and, and love and joy on the topic and covering our journey as amateur musicians. Yeah, today we have a very special episode. Uh, we have our good friend and amateur producer, Devin, on the show. Hey, what's up, guys? It's great to have you on, man. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a cool episode. We'll have, I'm sure you'll have a lot to contribute, and uh, let's get into it. All right. Obligatory chugging of the the abuskis. Of course, we're having some silver bullets and some blue bullets. Not sponsored. Keep the werewolves away. So, yeah. How are you doing today, Devin? I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys doing? Good. You came all the way from Toronto recently to visit. Mm-hmm. I did. I did. I'm on uh, I'm on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> staying, Excellent. Staying with my my folks for a little bit and uh yeah, felt like I needed a needed a little break and I've been wanting to wanting to get home. There's no place like uh, there's no place like the Maritime. So, so yeah, you came all the way from Toronto to be here. Well, not specifically for us, but you did come from Toronto. Oh yeah, you're uh, you're definitely a part of it. I'll say that. No, I miss <laughs> uh, miss hanging out with all my old buds. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just visiting family and taking some time off. I was uh, I was working like working like crazy at my old job. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel that. <laughs> I definitely needed a break recently too, which I did get. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you've been involved in all kinds of musical stuff over the years. You've played drums, bass, um, you do s- vocals as well. Yeah. Just and kind of, just kind of on and off my whole life. It's been something that I've, uh, you know, I, I grew up listening to it. it. It's always been very important to me, especially as I get older and older. Um, yeah, it's just something I've always loved and, and kind of experimented around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I started playing bass. I've, I've always sang. I was in the chorus when I was uh, very, very young. Hmm. And um, then I did drums and bass for a little bit. And yeah, and then I ended up going to school for um, media, uh, audio production. Okay, cool. Yeah, I had no idea you were uh, involved in... Uh, singing for so long I thought I knew you had taken some vocal lessons a few years ago yeah yeah but I thought that was the first time you had ever ventured into that area so that's interesting in uh grade what was it grade I think like grade three I was uh I remember wearing a snake costume because we were in the like a school (laughs) production of the Lion King (laughs) and all the chorus had to wear like animal costumes and so uh (laughs) <laughs> so there's some embarrassing uh hopefully those never get on the internet but uh <laughs> well, anyway. uh, wait until you hear where this is going well i mean it's i've already told people i was in the chorus so <laughs> true you can't get much worse than that true that's rock bottom <laughs> what what of those three do you find m- most passionate what what ignites the spark inside you the most if one um it's singing is the one that i love the most but i'm also kind of the most embarrassed of just because I don't know, I just feel like there's kind of a cultural stigma about like guys singing, where it's like if you're not doing it to get famous or get rich, it's kind of like 
I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just my uh, maybe that's just me. No, I, I think you're absolutely correct. There's some sort of stigma against males, or at least we put that upon ourselves. Mm, um, but I mean, all the all the most like there's so many famous like singers, like, and they're you know. But uh, I don't know. It's just kind of dis discouraged doing it for fun, I guess. Or mm. yeah, it's almost like if you're not actually great at it, don't fucking sing. Or, or I think that yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's this misconception. It's like you need you know there's this thing called practicing that actually you know you need to do. <laughs> it takes time yeah you got to start somewhere yeah mm. so do you remember how like maybe you first ever really got into music what like first? like well probably through my i mean my parents were no they were not not too musical but they they liked music mm. um and we would always take long road trips because you know, we were we were moving around a lot, and uh, we went always went home to different parts of Nova Scotia to visit family. Mm-hmm. That's where my my parents are from, and uh, we just take long road trips and, and listen to music in the car. So I listened to all my my dad's uh, class. He liked classic uh, classic rock, and my mom kind of like mm-hmm. more like really older like country music, and yeah, yeah. And my nice. well, my my mother's father was a was a country musician he was a guitar player he almost went down to nashville actually but then oh, cool some, then family stuff got in the way i think and yeah. then uh so yeah we've always um so yeah i've got an uncle that's really good guitar and banjo player and uh you know my grandfather was a good player and he always had instruments around the house and, and stuff like that so mm-hmm. yeah it was just something and then as i got older it was something that i i uh sort of delved into more personally as a way to do something different sort of uh mm-hmm. yeah you 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 know you spend your life with your parents music and then you kind of you get the internet and then you go off in the complete opposite direction and you're like oh i'm gonna what what would dis- what disturbs the what disturbs old people the most <laughs> yeah in uh in 2008 what's the most disturbing thing i could listen to to offend my parents soldier boy soldier boy <laughs> it's over soldier boy didn't my name tell is Dear God, yeah mm-hmm. the the journey that most people went on that's around our age the the internet was kind of the birth of <laughs> of everybody's love of music because mm-hmm. whatever the fuck you found on there was basically what you attached yourself to and it was free and it was free, it was free. don't use the f word don't use the f word yet <laughs> but it was Steve, free or, uh, it's true Lars Ulrich will hunt us down we will get <laughs> Napster to death mm-hmm. but nowadays everything's like it was it was. Uh, yeah, it's crazy how trend-setting like Napster was. You know, at the time they got completely buried, but like now everything is, is streaming services, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spotify fucked the everything up. Yes. Do you remember um, like maybe an album or a song that to you personally was kind of like a big moment in your early musical interest? Mm-hmm. Well, it depends what you mean by like how early are we talking here? Was there like a, a a very first kind of like where you like really started to love music? Mm. Uh, I think it's just it's just always kind of something that's been there. But mm. I do I remember in in middle school, um, I remember the first time my buddy showed me heavy metal, which was definitely <laughs> a was definitely a turning point. I was like, wow, this is this is not this is not. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's it shows you that music can be different. Like, 
Yeah, it, it just shows you how different different types of music can be. Yeah, and how different the sort of people that are making music can be as well, because it's sort of a story and it's sort of a look into metal and and rap. I find are they're sort of like a, a peek into somebody else's story of you know just sort of interesting individuals mm-hmm. and or or you know whatever. Yeah, it's a canvas. They can they can do whatever they any sort of image that they can they can make it in some sort yeah. of music. but it really showed me that something it can be it can be different yeah <laughs> it can, yeah it's different yeah there's more genres there's more genre. yeah. yeah like it showed you how different genres could mm-hmm. be from you know sort of tradition yeah traditional sort of song chorus structures mm-hmm. and whatnot and whatever you grew up with mm, yeah. yeah and then at that point also like electronic music was getting bigger and there was you know recording technology and you know production techniques were were changing all the time and there is a big difference between you know the sort of the music that you know our parents generation listened to versus all the things that can be done with modern technology and it can go in so many different directions so yeah i just found that kind of kind of neat yeah i definitely had kind of a similar experience because like mm-hmm. one of my first kind of personal favorites was the Alan Parsons project mm. of course they're like um, progressive rock and everything so they have elements of electronic and classical and everything mm-hmm. and uh, and just for the first time like really listening to something and he- hearing the intricacies and everything it mm. was yeah it was way different than than what it was like for me before where it was just like hearing things on the radio or whatever my parents were playing mm. I, I will yeah. say, uh, that early on, I was a very big fan of Queen. Oh yeah, I was a big Queen fan. I think um, every kid was. Everyone, every kid yeah, every, was. Anybody with the ears. Yeah, just because it, it was just because it's epic. Mm-hmm. It's it's epic, and you know, not too many bands can replicate that sort of. But when you do, you definitely when they do, they you definitely remember it. So. Mm-hmm. I kind of uh, remember having a very similar experience in high or junior high is kind of when I, I really started to notice music and I had uh, somebody's wearing an Avenged Sevenfold t-shirt and then my friend was like, oh, you gotta see this video, The Little Piece of Heaven by Avenged Sevenfold, which is just like a brutal video and like my first introduction to heavy metal and I, I hated metal for the longest time. <laughs> I thought it was stupid. Mm-hmm. But then in high school, I really fell in love with it. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's interesting as like, even nowadays to when you hear more genres or more new things there's still kind of that like holy shit like there is actually like a whole nother element of mm. of songwriting mm-hmm. is there is there a genre or or some sort of type of song or artist that like you really gravitate towards most of the time like most of the time um it really depends on kind of mood and situation but i honestly really love folk music that's something that as i especially you know, it's something that I've grown up with and, and sort of always go back to. Um, and especially since moving to Ontario, I, I went on a sort of a, I want, I wanted to, I wanted to listen to songs that kind of reminded me of home and learn more about sort of the, yeah, learn more about Canadian musicians, musicians in general, and just what's, the cultural heritage. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like what, what are the music, what's the music, what music have people always listened to? Right. What are the the genres? Not genres, but um, yeah, I just found it interesting listening to stories about people's lives from, 
you know, sen- you know, sometimes centuries past, mm. right? Because I was going on sort of a family history kind of kind of kick as well, and just because I felt so, it felt like such a. Even though I was I was born in Ontario, I've lived almost all my life in in the Maritimes, except for you know mostly between uh, PEI and New Brunswick, or not New Brunswick. Uh, my brother was born in New Brunswick, but PEI and uh, Nova Scotia. But yeah, I just felt, uh, I just wanted a, a place, wanted something that reminded me of home and I wanted to learn about, you know, more about this country and, and sort of my, my place in it, you know, cause you feel kind of disconnected and, yeah. but yeah. That's an interesting connection, um, to your other interests because you're also uh, very knowledgeable about history in general. Yeah. Thank you. Um, it's a bit, it's another big, it's a lifelong, another hobby of mine that I've always been very, uh, very interested in. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that that's interesting how those things kind of intersected. Hmm. Did did they sort of develop around the same time or no? A, sort uh, of a I read Yeah, I, did they? Yeah, well I got a book um Yeah, well I was listening to a lot of Scottish folk music. Hmm. Um in Gaelic Gaelic music actually, just because I, f- I found that uh I don't know, I thought that was something quite interesting. And, and feeling so, you know, in Ontario, it's it's more, Ontario feels very almost Americanized in mm. terms of, well, especially, you know, it's the big city, you know, very dense kind of suburbs, you know, it's a completely different place once you get outside of the city, as I eventually learned. But um, yeah, yeah. So I, I just like the historical sort of element of it. And, and yeah, and you can trace the history of like different migration patterns throughout the entire continent by the sort of genres of music that ended up sort of you know interesting yeah um yeah and kind of uh paralleling a bit what what nick said um yeah i i had a similar thing happen to me with electronic music Mm. than he did like metal like before i was like oh electronic music whatever but now i'm like hugely into it (laughs) and yeah it's funny how those things yeah. Uh, well, I was change. when I was a kid. I I, I didn't like the I, I didn't like rap music. And then in mm-hmm. middle school, I became a, a massive uh, Eminem fan. <laughs> yeah. And 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 that sort of that was another step in just like how the the extremities of music, how it can be, you know, used to per- tell stories of extreme situations in ex- in a, in a way that makes you feel as if you're almost there. Mm, and yeah sort of its ability its ability to sort of manipulate emotion is i think that's one of the biggest um reasons why music is so you know so impactful and important is that it 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 goes right into the brain and Mm -hmm. and puts emotions right in there yes yeah yeah that's we we kind of uh touched on that before how music is is like a direct line into Mm. the emotional center exactly it's so it's so purely emotional there's nothing really you can have music that's it's just music and it's just emotional and there's no no other things attached to it but you still get the emotion mm. there's a absolutely beautiful thing that great songwriters have that they can just capture this kind of essence then take you along this ride mm. and i think that, that i'm a huge history buff as well and i think music and history probably goes really well together because mm-hmm. because it's storytelling it's storytelling mm. and it's how you can get a story catchy enough to tell it through ages essentially mm. like the and, and finding out why the story is important like why are you telling the story it's um get those get those emotional the emotional beats in there there's mm-hmm. the whole you know the whole point of it and to really 
to really be able to tell a story that well is a fucking hard thing to do and make it mm-hmm. like stand the test of time and, and having the balls to tell stories that are true as well yeah being, yeah. being honest with yourself and and the story <laughs> is there um an artist that you probably hold above all others hmm i can't i can't say that i have i can't say that i can do my 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 thing was that I would always to me it was always like a game of discovering genres, and I would look up okay I would look up you know any weird and wonderful genre that I could you know that I came across and I would try and find what's the most popular artist what's my favorite artist you know what's one that actually what's something that speaks to me that I can you know how do I get in how do I get into the mind of the people that are really into this because every every subgenre has you know it's it's super fans so. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting way of putting it. Um, I remember Alan Moore said in some interview that art is important because it shows you that other people think the way you do. Mm, yeah. And um, that's an interesting kind of thing to do is is to go beyond kind of merely the music and get into the heads of the people who made it or, or enjoy mm. it. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah. There's a, a very common theme, of course, is if you're human, chances are you've probably felt that emotion. So there's a lot of connections you can make. Again, back to the emotion, mm-hmm. I kind of pair it this thing where it's like music is really like a drug because what yeah. other thing can elicit a response so strong, so quick, so irrational at times mm-hmm. other than just a sound? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just sound, uh, manipulated sound vibrations. It's, <laughs> it it's will- trippy, man. Yeah, well, it's the human. It's the human mind that's you know the one that this, it's capable of turning you know these abstract sort of outward senses and turning them into you know like a reason for existing, basically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's deep. I like that. That's, I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of well, you hear it time and time again, especially just through social media that we have now. Is it people saying, oh, you know, this music saved my life. This music, th- th- this and that. Like, what the fuck else out there is? Like, what kind of healthcare system is music, right? Yeah. Like, there's enough people out there experiencing this. Um, is the dog related? No, I lost train of thought there for a second because I started to focus on the dog. And I was, like, oh. trying to see if the dog was, like, coming in the sound waves. <laughs> yeah. And then I was, like, <laughs> sorry. Um, no, we're good. Fuck, that was a really good topic. Yeah, thank you. Um Talking about uh, music as a drug, um, on that. Um, the brain turning sound waves sound into waves, yeah. purpose. Do you ever feel that there's a um, a purpose calling f- in music for you? Um, I'd like to tell sort of, sort of. I'd like to tell. I'd like to tell. I don't know. It's so hard. It's so hard to tell stories. It feels like it's hard to tell stories that haven't been told in a unique way you know because especially as as uh somebody who listens to a lot of music it's you you feel you've heard such a diverse array and you kind of you kind of tell you you kind of judge yourself you prejudge yourself and think oh there's there's somebody that's already said this story before me right yeah so it's kind of i'd like to someday sort of surpass that and Make something, make something that I'm proud, I'm proud of that I'd like to listen to. So I, I feel like a, almost every musician has that feeling of just like that block of I need to do something original. It's got to be creative. Mm-hmm. But eventually, it's like you break down and you're like, fuck it. The influences and the shit that you have learned from every other band is going to influence you no matter what. Like mm-hmm. it's it's impossible for our brains to be able to think of something and be like, yeah, that's that. 
because mm-hmm. we have no perception of it. Yeah, yeah it's like, oh, have, that sounds like that. Yeah, yeah you have to. Co- it has to come from experience. So, mm-hmm. like, it's been done before. It works great. You just stick to the theme or like the the method, the recipe of making a great song, and you stick your flair on it, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And that's what a lot of people end up doing. But again, how do you get the fucking Beatles though? How do you get that revolution? And like, are are, are we capable of making that revolution mm. in our in our genre and ourselves and our whatever? Yeah, like has all have all the something that I've felt is that like have all the has all the ground been broken? You know, has all yeah. have all the genres already been invented? Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes I real I really feel like you know because it was back in the day there would be like one band that would create an entire genre of you know new things, but it seems like that's you know in elect electronic music kind of has that. Um, but beyond that, I, I feel maybe it, maybe there's some sort of cultural stagnation. I don't know if it's cultural or technological stagnation. Yeah. Oh, but on the other hand, you know, great music is still being released every day, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's an interesting sort of thing with me is the whole dichotomy between uh, substance and style and and general quality and all that. And it's like... Do you really need to be doing something completely new to be doing something great? Mm. And there is kind of a fine line when you're talking about mm-hmm. um, certain art forms in particular, especially stuff like fine visual art is the line is particularly fine with this where it's like the substance is the style. Mm. Um, and it's with with like instrumental music, that would also be the case, mm. you know, like there's nothing else but the style yeah so unless you invent like a new <clears throat> musical instrument yeah so it's Which it's like ain't. this kind of constant maybe that's, maybe that's what you got to do yeah it's like I, I i don't think i think you can yeah you can you can be really creative or you can do something kind of similar but just kind of deepen it Mm. you know and yeah maybe you're you know maybe you're destined to be the best music maybe the the best uh music musician of the genre hasn't come along yeah. yet right yeah exactly within every genre there seems to be kind of like this ultimatum like a songwriter needs to basically any great songwriter basically has the same recipe and it's kind of what you've been saying all along is it's the story. It's the history that goes mm-hmm. behind it. It's not so much like even the instrumentation usually, but a story can be, mm-hmm. can stand the test of time or even just like your own personal inflections or flares on it, kind of your own style. Mm-hmm. Even if, even if the story is so abstract or convoluted um, that it's almost presented as like a mystery that the the listener has to crack. You know, I find there's a yeah. lot of musicians like even like folk musicians as well that's one of the the things i like about it is that sometimes it can be like you have no idea what they're they're talking about but you can you can hear it expressed through the way that they're talking mm-hmm. you know the way that they're singing the words and what's more powerful than your imagination mm. to fill in the blanks or to come to your own conclusions mm-hmm. or to make those emotions of your own and attach them to those lyrics to whatever mm. you're feeling at the time yeah exactly and yeah. then you can read like a, a biography or or whatever and then that just becomes like an added layer of like the whole story of this. Mm. Sometimes the musician's existence themselves becomes the story. Yeah. And sometimes in, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they're just uh, the medium through which the songs come. And other times they are kind of mm. sometimes subject. The music is better because of the context that yeah. it was written in as yeah. well. Well, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, or it makes sense that he does it. Yeah. Because of the context. I I have a feeling that your I'm starting to see that your massive love for exploring genres of music I feel might tie into your production because you like you might have like explored every type of music out there and you're like how the fuck am I going to create any of this I mm. might as well just like produce it and make like great music great or help help great artists find mm-hmm. yeah I can I can record great musicians mm-hmm. you know I can be in I can be I can be uh, a part of that and I also feel that it's it's the next it is kind of the next wave because it's the newest technology you know there was the explosion of rock music after, you know, uh, pick up, you know, after electric pickups and, and, um, you know, electric guitars, electric instrumentation, amplification, all of that created an explosion of loud rock music that was very intense emotionally and, and, uh, grew that had this cult like status. And now I feel like the next frontier is, uh, electronic music is, and recording recording process even even with mm-hmm. um you know even if you go in the absolute opposite direction and do acoustic stuff um you can still use modern modern recording techniques to make that something completely completely your own as well so yeah i think i like uh i like recording and i like um i want to yeah i want to learn as much as production as i can mm-hmm. just because and i find it interesting how other artists or how other producers do so much behind the scenes too yeah sometimes they're like uh, a member of the band themselves Mm. and um yeah sometimes they can add a lot or other times they're just there to punch Mm. in and punch out basically yeah well what they're told yeah especially in hip-hop nowadays it's production is like you know production it is production you know production is more than yeah and that's why and so many there are so many great rapper producers um, you know mm-hmm. like Mr. West like Mr. West himself and yeah <laughs> that's another that's another kind of huge topic that doesn't really d- get discussed especially on the producer side is that what a producer does is extremely different depending on the genre mm-hmm. so like in rap the producer might be coming down with like laying down the beat and like they're the rapper cre- might yeah. be coming up with the lyrics they're creating the beat you know well, they're mm-hmm. they're doing all of the instrumentation Absolutely. Whereas I gotta say, like a classic kind of rock, they're just kind of like pulling the best kind of the shit out of like mm. whatever, like uh, Bob Rock for like Metallica's Black Album. Mm. Like, you're just sitting there pulling like the best shit constantly. Like a producer mm. is and running, running the uh, knowing how to deal with uh, deal with musicians. You're really a therapist in a lot of ways. You're, you're a like therapist, a psychologist, and a, sec- <laughs> you're in a secretary too, because you got to schedule all the musicians to come in over the course of like if you're recording an album, you know. You might be coming in every day for you know months, right? And getting you know musicians to show up on time, sober, is uh, is can be very difficult to do sometimes. Historically, has <laughs> been a challenge. Historically, yeah. this has been a challenge. <laughs> I can't say any reason as to why not. Mm-hmm. Is uh, as a it's kind of on that topic right there. Where do you find yourself in that producer role? Um. Well, right now I'm just a, I'm just kind of an amateur right now, just kind of. Uh, but I'd I'd like to be able to write and produce my own my own music. Um, mm-hmm. I'd li- I would like to work with you know musicians, um, and I'm glad and I'm glad that at uh, at school they kind of taught they taught me about dealing with musicians and dealing with um, recording and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I think. But mostly I just kind of want to 
experiment. I'm happy to just experiment and kind of do my own thing until, until I, uh, come across something that I want to do more of. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Has this always been the goal for you? Uh, like kind of produce your own music with the kind of the, the production schooling? Yeah, more or less. Uh, as well as um, just audio audio work in, in general. Um, you know, I, I, f- I find podcasting is, is almost just as big of uh, uh, an influence. Yeah, podcasts have been huge the past four years. They've just exploded. Yeah, everybody absolutely. has a podcast, including us. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. we're well, part of the problem. We're not helping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've been listening to podcasts like crazy over the last year because I I drove for for work. I was driving all around southern Ontario, so I'd be on the road for like four, you know sometimes for like four hours a day, and it was fuck. <laughs> Yeah, so and I and I ended up just using and I had a work phone, so I just listened to podcasts the entire the entire time because you don't want to you don't want to burn out your favorite you know your favorite albums. You don't want to. There's only so much music you can listen to at a time. Mm-hmm. I'd like to debate that. No. <laughs> that is. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to the same albums at work every day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, that's what I ended. up. I literally ended up listening to like the same the same playlist. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's easy to fall into find uh, what we find comfortable. Mm. Um, and well, if the playlist is long enough, then, then yeah. it's not so bad. Yeah. yeah. It was five songs. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one song on repeat. Not even a yeah. full, full album. Honestly, I'll do that. I actually, today I went for a walk you know, just around the neighborhood and I just listened to the same fucking song on repeat. There's some songs that just, there's not a lot of songs that can redeem that though but at the same time if you're just feeling that song you could just listen to it all day mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. what uh what podcasts are you listening to um i i listen to i listen to the dave smith show actually he's a, a political commentator down in the states um i do with this uh there's another comedy show in Flo- based out of florida they do sort of like uh internet sort of commentary um they're called Revenge of the Sis. <laughs> and I'll check out them from time to time. And, uh, you know, if Joe Rogan has a good guest on, I'll check it out. Uh, there's another podcast called War Mode. That they're comedi- I mostly listen to, like, comedy. You know, I listen to uh, the infamous comedy podcast that uh, I think we all, we all love and know. Our favorite, uh, our favorite town. <laughs> yes, our uh, Splooge Town, if you will. Oh, yeah. Splooge Town. I think it's Splo- Splooge-ville. <laughs> Splooge-ville. But yeah, yeah, I'll. But um, yeah, mostly like um, news commentary, just people making fun of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, and and sometimes I'll I'll listen to like you know history history po- history podcasts and actually I'm re- I love uh, Dan Carlin. Um, he does uh, hardcore histories. He actually just—they're amazing. Yeah. Have you watched the um, the last? He released the final episode of his Supernova in the East uh, Pacific War. It's five hours long. Oh <laughs> wow! It released like two couple weeks ago. It's really that's probably one of the best uh, series I've ever listened to. His his series on the the you know the war in the Pacific. It was uh, really, and he's you know just an incredible. An incredible storyteller that really lets you know. Andy also has the technical sort of statistical know-how to be able to present, okay, these are the actual numbers of how many people were there 
you know, what was sort of the context of the, you know, before you get into like the emotional blood and guts kind of storytelling, it's like, this is the context of everything going on. It's like, okay, this is things that, you know, the last like two decades have been leading up to this one event and either side is, you know, dead set on. Anyway, it's just an incredible, uh, incredible storytelling. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like it. It seems like a great professor, essentially. Mm. Uh, like it's absolute great work and for anybody who loves history. Uh, fucking phenomenal mm-hmm. podcast. I have sworn like eighty times so far. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I think I've I've heard about that show before, but I have yet to. It's all. Dive in, into it's mostly it. on YouTube. It's all on oh, YouTube. Yeah? yeah, it's a great show. Great show. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. And Sam Hyde has a podcast as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he mm-hmm. does. Um, so swinging back to production, um, so getting back into your motivation, so you want to make your own stuff. Was it that sort of like desire to be almost like an auteur that led you into it? Do you think like you want to kind of have a hand? (laughs) (laughs) They're very, they're very close to one another. Um, like that desire to have your hand in a bit of everything about yeah. your project. Yeah. yeah. Just all, all of the cover all your bases. Yeah. Well, I've, I can't, rem- I don't know who said it, but I, I remember they, I think it's good advice to say, make what you want to listen to, make what you'd like to listen to. Yeah. Which is yeah. kind of hard because I like listening to, so it's, com- there's no one unifying thread other than maybe other than mother, maybe like things that push the boundary or things that, you know sort of make up their own you know play experiment with within a genre or mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's and i think that's more i think our generation in particular our music taste is very schizophrenic yeah because because of the internet where you're discovering it all at once you're not like back in the day you'd be part of a community and you'd go out to shows with your friend everybody in your town would be listening to the same sort of bands and it would be like a geographic thing but now it's completely separate from geography mm-hmm. and it's all based on just sort of the order in which you come across things on the internet which can lead you down any number of <laughs> any number anyway. of roads yeah mm-hmm. yeah i know my taste since i got into spotify and everything has been very eclectic mm-hmm. uh just a little bit of everything all the time and uh yeah very schizophrenic <laughs> yeah. it's a lot of power to have at your fingertips though access to basically the world's catalog of music Mm-hmm. Also, everything in this world nowadays is very schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. So I feel like yeah. I, f- I feel like it's almost just a normal way to be. People, people are just trying to feel something, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's overstimulated. Sort yeah. of the whole postmodern condition is just like everything is getting mashed together or yeah, or there's this deconstructed into ad- atomic parts and everything. Yeah, there's um, when I was in middle school, I discovered probably one of my my favorite favorite bands of all time and that's tool and i was a massive tool, tool fan <laughs> i had this um I, I just moved to florida in middle school and i started hanging out with uh he was the only kid in my school that had tattoos he was like this italian guy and he told me all <laughs> about like tool and like um system of a down and what else was i listening to um yeah tool system of a down and just like just like different forms of metal, you know, because mm-hmm. up until that point, my perception of metal was like either old school metal, like you know Iron Maiden, where it's where it's more like just a you can see how it's just like a it's like an, a more intense version of rock music. You can see how it comes from yeah. like the 
the American and British sort of rock scenes. It's just like the next the next step. Or you would have like um, you know my perception of was like death metal and like where it was super extreme and I wasn't you know like Norwegian black metal where it's like oh they're burning down churches and and make you know sacrificing to Satan and, and crap like that. And, and I wasn't quite ready. I wasn't quite ready for that that as well. So I, I found that was kind of the uh, alt metal, I guess. I was alt metal, yeah. So like, I, I was in the dream dream theater for a little little while. Um, yeah, I just like stuff that was more played with the genre. And anyway, there's this song that Tool has on one of my favorite albums, Anima, uh, called Stink Fist, and <laughs> it's all about. Uh, oversaturation and this sort of endless quest and this real this song actually really influenced my perception of the internet because i could immediately see it's like oh this is this is like a this is like a prophecy you know we're all going to become these desensitized zombies because ever more extreme content on the internet to the point where you can you can only go so far to the point where you're just entering into the realm of madness um yeah but you know, I think I think that sort of led me. That sort of led me to believe that like, you, it's not it's not all about just more. It's not all just about more and more and more. Sometimes you have to go back into the past and try and bring back things that are somewhat ancient and mm-hmm. try and repurpose them to sort of a modern time frame. Because yeah. you know, there's there's you know more than two thousand years of music music history, even you know written written down you know people's you know people telling stories on friggin clay tablets about you know the listening to a musician that changed their life right mm-hmm. and it's just sort of yeah 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 it's like you, you even going back in time you hear like ancient kings talking about their favorite musicians and seeing the best liar player would, at the amphitheater they would go to yeah. they would go to war trying to get like the best <laughs> if, if one if a court musician defected to another country that was like a cause for war right they just wanted a replacement for system of a down <laughs> <laughs> why haven't they made music mm-hmm. uh, mama yeah. mia actually they haven't it sucks but <laughs> that's a um, that's a lot of great points what the fuck man thank you thank you <laughs> thank you um i feel that um but stink fest right <laughs> <laughs> stink fest yeah T- tools are a great band mm-hmm. all in all and that's actually a great point kind of being and they had and they had a great sense of humor, as well, which got me interested in like comedy and, and stuff like that, and listening mm. to like comedy podcasts and, and comedians and and all that because they had um, I bought the album cover for or I bought the I, ha- I bought all the Tool albums because um, my my parents shut down the Wi-Fi so I had to listen to CDs <laughs> I'd either listen to CDs or go to the gym to listen to music (laughs) so um i bought the album and in the back it has like a cartoon drawing of bill hicks which is like a very famous comedian who talks a lot about like just sort of you know like trippy philosophy stuff and uh he was friends with uh he was friends with tool and and i found the sort of similarities between you know stand-up comedy and and music and then also the artwork that they associated themselves with it because they were really I, what I liked about them was that they were really like a full package where it, once you got into them, it's like everything about them had this aesthetic to it. You know, everything was psychedelic. Everything was like, had this like dark psychedelic, but also like had like a sense of humor and, and, you know, talking about, 
you know, hooker mm. with a penis and, <laughs> and, uh, what else? All the, uh, you know, California Bay and, uh, yeah. And it, it just sort of, so it just sort of showed me how all these different art forms, they're representative of the people in the band, you know, art is just, you know, the spiritual sort of aura of the people that are creating it. Right. Yeah. So I found that interesting how it could have like a visual, you could have music, you could have visual, you could have, you know, comedy, you could have even just having a conversation and all, all of it. So you can see sort of the through lines that connects them all. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to see kind of the behind the scenes of how like the comedy world relates to like the music world mm. and how like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you have the choice to have fun at what you're doing or not. And mm-hmm. every moment of time, it's like, just have fun with what you're doing. It's mm-hmm. a great rule of life. Mm-hmm. Just have fun. Like in comedy, there's the kind of the stigma of like you can't retell jokes, whereas like music, it's you're playing the same fucking songs for the rest of your career, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. kind of funny to see how like in comedy, you need fresh material every night, mm-hmm. all the time. But some some comedians they do tell the same jokes. Yeah. Some some they'll be like some some you can't tell some if you get to a certain point of fame. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay had this problem where people would just he would try and do new material and people would be like do the dirty nursery rhymes <laughs> give us give us the classic people just want to, you know people want to yeah. hear the classics right and you know that's you know the eternal conflict with uh, the you know within the musician but cuz sometimes you know they want to play the class you know they want to play their favorite songs too right but it's all about where they're what they're feeling mm-hmm. and and servicing the fans at the same time exactly exactly yeah. servicing the fans while also you know it's uh you can't change what made you them love you in the first place. You know, you can't give the fans what you want because yeah. you didn't give them what you wanted in the first place, and they actually found that they liked it. Yeah. You know, you created you created your music as like a a resistance to all the stuff that you thought was crap, and you were like, oh, this is what people like. Oh, I'll show them something else, mm-hmm. and then yeah. you're like, oh crap, now people like me. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a great point to what you said earlier. Like, make the music you want to make, mm. and people will probably gravitate that towards that because people can yeah. see bullshit. When you're passionate mm-hmm. about something, there's a spark there that anybody can connect to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something really wrong about focusing on stuff like success and happiness as your singular explicit goal. Yeah, Kanye. Like, they, uh, <laughs> they need... Kanye is on a mission from God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need these things like success and all that. They're, they're sort of like bonuses that you pick up along the way. You know, you need to be in it for kind of more pure reasons. Pure. You need to be in it for the music. You mm. need to be in it for your own expression yeah. or just to have fun or something. Mm. Yeah. And you got to be having, you know. Yeah. That's when the best stuff is made. You got to be actually enjoying it, you know. that's And that's why I think musicians that take themselves a little bit less seriously, I, feel, I find they have more longevity than ones that feel like they're trying to change the world. Mm. You know, I feel yeah. like they they... I think it's I think it's more it's also like a lot of personality type too, where yeah. and also getting famous when you're young. I think that yeah. <laughs> they say that when you get famous, you don't age past the year that you get yeah. famous at. Yeah. So a lot of fam- you know, a lot of uh, musicians get famous. You know, some of them get famous straight out of high school, and they're just completely like look at you know Justin Bieber is the classic example of just like somebody who never even had a chance of like a normal life, mm-hmm. and you also and you got to real it's you need to have a life to write songs about mm-hmm. and, exactly, real, and yeah. you got to be you know if you want to be relatable within certain genres you know you got to live that life for a while before you you know 
Mm-hmm. You can't. There, you can only write songs about being a musician. You, you gotta. You gotta really. Yeah, I find you gotta really. Uh, you gotta get a little bit. A, you gotta get a little bit abstract in order to make them relatable. Yeah, trauma is very important in that for like comedy and music. Mm. You, you need sustenance, substance to really be able to pull that passion from, right? Mm. And what better than trauma to fuck you up and not take <laughs> yourself too seriously? Mm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You see yourself as more vulnerable. And so maybe you're not as. That's why modern uh, country music sucks. I was just. It's go- horrible. I was just yeah, <laughs> because none of them, uh, you know, none of them actually live the things they're talking about, or they do, or they do, but it's like a parody, or yeah. it's like a, you know, they it's, don't. Yeah, it's it's stereotypical. It's exaggerated and, mm. and all that. It's like I was. Rock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's more. It's like pop. You know, it's just the it's just the new type of pop. And I was listening, and sometimes, you know, sometimes there's, you know, time, there's timeless themes, of course, mm-hmm. but I was listening to the country station while I was driving around today and just thinking like all these people, you know, the people are, these are like pop stars in Nashville. You know, Nashville is yeah. like a, you know, Nashville is like a, you know, I've actually been to Nashville um, just on, on vacation with my family once and it's like, a, it's like a big city. It's like a massive mm-hmm. it's like a massive international city where people from all over the world come to become music famous. It's like the LA of the South basically. Yeah. And 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 you do get a lot of genuine people. And mm-hmm. and it's it's the same with all sort of modern genres, but it's got such a a the label the labels and the corporate side come into it because it's such a money mm-hmm. ma- it's such a money maker oh yeah and and honestly like think of is <laughs> like think of how much back money they're probably getting from like truck manufacturers oh right? yeah that's true yeah. yeah it's like the whole i mean like people you know people are like oh it's all you know all they talk about nowadays is like the same thing but it's like do you know how much fucking money like the truck and beer industries are making <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's billions of dollars man and you know but it and it was like back in the back in the day country music i think it used to be more like um it used used to be more like outlaw it used to i think it used yeah outlaw country baby i think it it took the role of like what modern kind of hip-hop has where you know back you know way way back the upper class people they listen to classical music you know they listen to sort of refined you know stuff that was refined and, and appropriate for polite company Meanwhile, you had Johnny Cash talking about killing people and snorting blow, and it was just a complete—it was completely shocking to their sensibilities, right? And it—and it was these, you know, poor, you know, hillbillies out in the countryside doing God knows what. Thank God for rockabilly. Thank God, yeah. <laughs> and I—and I think it's um, also like rap music; it's just been taken over by by money, basically. Yeah, well, like I, th- I think as, as anything gets famous, right? Kind of back to the fame point, like it, mm. that's kind of what it becomes. Like the rock fucking slaughtered everything and just ruled the world for about twenty years, thirty years, and then rap, hip hop mm. came in and said "fuck you." And then that, yeah. kind of, like that lifestyle of the '90s, like rapster hip hop, we like got that kind of stuff. Like people were living that life, mm-hmm. and now people are more just kind of like wanting to live that life, kind of like the the country thing. But yeah. there's enough good hip hop, and like it's it's the most popular genre in the world probably still today electronic mm-hmm. kind of hip hop stuff mm-hmm. so there's there's enough there's or enough hip hop influenced pop music yeah it's sort of yeah. especially recently it's just kind of barreled into pop music where like th- even in even in country music country music uses like 
very subtle like hip-hop beats for you know it'll be like a you know like a guitar it'll be a guitar and you know drums but it'll still be like a you know like a more hip-hop influenced beat and some of them are straight up crossovers nowadays yeah and uh they still haven't made a good one yet but (laughs) yeah i uh, yeah actually one uh there's this one really hood guy he's like (laughs) he's like this really really hood guy and he sing and he's got a beautiful voice and uh what's oh what's his name uh, no, not <laughs> oh God, he's the anti little Nas. But um, yeah, he does a video of him singing beautifully about, uh, and he's like loaded up with like bulletproof jacket, mask, AKs, and and stuff like that. And it's uh, I found that I found that uh, funny. Mr. Mrm, I think Mrm. Anyway, I'll, I'll link it up yeah. there. The warrior serenades his maiden before battle. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've heard modern sort of like like contemporary popular country is being described as like stadium country. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And because um, that's where the you know, that's where the money is, right? Yeah. That's where the money is for musicians in general because nobody's making money off of uh, royalties anymore. Yeah. It's all merch and touring now. Mm-hmm. Like that is literally Spotify ain't getting you, you know, Spotify's not giving you Spotify shit. Spotify killed the music industry. Pretty Fuck much. you Spotify, but also love you. Mm-hmm. Also love you that you might be listening to this podcast on Spotify, so we, we <laughs> love you. We love you, but fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think that contemporary country pop pop country stuff is probably the most creatively or at least thematically bankrupt Mm. genre like i think there's just a higher volume of pop music too mm. and i think pop in in certain in certain like states in america pop or country music is the pop music and that's sort of what it's it is the it is the pop so there still is like you know, I'm sure there is underground stuff, but it doesn't get attention outside of, you know, a certain, you know, a couple of states. Oh, yeah. Belt. It's like anything where like 80 percent will be at best. OK, mm. at best. And like 20 percent is good. Mm. And yeah, you always get that spectrum. But, but then you, you get a couple of songs that are just like they're just like absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's just like I think that's more I think that's more. uh what drives people's opinions of a genre is they'll hear like one song and they'll be like, Oh God, everybody associated with this needs to, yeah. needs to yeah. stop making music. Yeah. And that's such a terrible thing too, because like you shouldn't judge, like, I don't, I hate to talk negatively about music. Cause it's like, why hate on somebody? Like somebody else made this and they either loved it or passionately sort mm. of loved it in some way. Well, so if like, you, if you love something, you know, all of the ways that it sucks as well. Exactly. You know? And I guess if people just aren't being modest or honest, um, and, and there's also the weird thing of like, where does country end and folk begin, mm-hmm. right? Because in a way, it's like we've also kind of defined country by its negative sort of stereotypes as well. Yeah, recently Without, for sure. Yeah, yeah, where, where it's associated with a you know it's associated with a region and an accent and sort of a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the first place, it was you know obvious it was created by you know people in a region, you know, with accents, living a lifestyle, but Mm -hmm. they, they didn't, you know, they weren't consciously trying to do, they were consciously making songs about, you know, 
like the the changing of the seasons and and like whatever war was going on and and missing their sweetheart and going to jail and and stuff like that. They so. weren't trying to be a funhouse mirror. It was just mm. being themselves. Which, mm. uh, it's kind of the theme again and again. Just like be yourself, make the music you want to mm. make, right? Yeah, and I think pop. I think the worst crimes of country are all they can be laid at the feet of pop music in general. I would agree. Yeah, like there's the uh, there's a lot of like there's good country hip, out there. And hip hop, you know, hip hop is is definitely. You know, and it's it's exactly in the same boat where it's it's you know became you know people saw it became profitable, and then you know the uh, the suits came in right mm-hmm. lowest common denominator shit mm-hmm. yeah yeah because yeah. because record labels back in the day used to have so much more money to just dump on new artists but now it's like it's all about maximizing. They, they don't want an artist that doesn't fit within a genre that they know makes money. Which uh, I think the, the first genre to do this is, is country pop, basically. It, it's becoming too monocultured. Well, well it's the oldest. Uh, it's the only. It's uh, jazz. I would say jazz and country are the only North, like truly North American forms of music, I would say. Although, mm. although you can say that, you know, there is the link between. Um, which I, which I sort of, I did a, a bit of amateur research of the link between old Scottish and Irish folk music, and the the settlers of like the Appalachia Mountains, right? So there is sort of this through line between like European folk music, and that sort of becomes as you know as the Americans kind of move west, that becomes country music, and, and like I said earlier, there's this kind of weird line of like where where does country end and folk begin? Like where does um, yeah yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah definitely. It's yeah it definitely started out just as a particular style of folk that crystallized, obviously, mm. and then yeah as time went on that perpetuated. But um, to talk about um, laying the sins of contemporary uh, country on on pop. And, and of course I said I agreed but I, I do think that there's something it's like contemporary country is like like I think I think it's it's specifically designed to be bad to anyone who isn't play, into it to placate the, sure. the demographic of people that listen to it mm. I think they um, I don't think they want people I don't think they want country musicians talking about like revolting against the government and shit like that. <laughs> but you got to play it safe. You got to stick to your guns, essentially, literally in that genre. Ex- well, exactly, exactly, right? They don't. They, uh... yeah. I think it's a combination of. A, I think it's a combination of a lot of things. But I don't. You know, maybe there, I. I do think there is some. There's some uh, ne- nefarious people behind the scenes making sure certain genres don't get too good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I just like we don't want to make the music too good, otherwise they'll you know they'll freak out. That's a fat theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't you know yeah. if it's uh, if they appeal to the lowest common denominator, they do make more money. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, there's at least yeah. That's just, that's just the pop base. But I also yeah. I think they're I think they're desperate. I think they're mm-hmm. desperate as well because of the internet, and because now anybody on one hand it's sad because it's kind of the death of. Uh, it's sort of the death of like uh, communities, like musical yeah. communities, where like everybody in a town will listen to the same music and and talk about it. But it also is the birth of you know micro, a billion micro communities.
series of micro genres, right? I think it's the the whole idea of genre is kind of it's uh, it's I think we, I think the golden we had the golden age of genres where people mm-hmm. defined their their even in the early two thousands, you know, people go you, there was like goths and and punks and metalheads and and uh, you know country boys and and you know whatever else. people define their personalities by you know the stuff that they they listen to but nowadays i think it's i think it's i think it's better i think in the end it is better um because people will still form their own their own communities um they just won't be as they just won't be as big because everybody will already have their own sort of thing going on right now right it, and there is this kind of music overload that comes with uh, with modernity there's definitely like an overstimulation and that's kind of why i say like spotify has killed like the world but at the same time it's like you can like now that we have access to all this shit there is all these billions of micro communities that you can connect with and online that mm. never was possible so it's a and blessing they're international. And a curse. yeah they're international which is because now you can you know you don't have to live in california to be a famous musician you can live in you know you can live in friggin ukraine you can live in pei you can live anywhere but 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 i feel like the the money players within the industry they're trying to centralize it so that people still have to come to LA or New York because that's where, you know, that's how they get their power is they get you, they get you within the lifestyle and then, you know, they, you know, they get you, uh, they do the whole Disney, they do the whole uh, Disney kid treatment on you. There's mm-hmm. a, just a whole infrastructure in play. There's a recipe that works, right? Mm, yeah. They, they Weinstein and Dinestein you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going to, that's a good point. They definitely have to, Try and throw a ton of money at you and everything, and mm-hmm. like even and today, consolidate their power. Like even today, changing landscape. Um, if you want to be a country musician, you know it's still seen that you have to move to Nashville, mm-hmm. and just because of the amount of uh, even even not just country writers, not even just writers in general, they have like you know like like basements. Uh, they have <laughs> basements filled with people that are just cranking out tunes for massive international stars that go on tours and make billions of, you know make millions of dollars shout out to all the ghost writers yeah shout out to all the ghost writers but they're all kept in you know nashville i think has more ghost writers than like any other city in the world and wow yeah it's it's incredible and it, and not just kind not just country too because you think you know nashville you think country music but it's pop music well more so back in the day when there was more of a like cross well, now it used to be more country-influenced pop, and now pop influences is country. But, yeah. but yeah, artists feel like they have to move there, and then they move there, and they get a completely new, you know, they get the Nashville sound, as it's called. So, and some people feel like they have to, they have to do that in order to be, in order to be good. But you know, I, I'm glad that that's kind of going away. That you don't have to go to LA, you don't have to go to New York just because there's so much more out in the world and the people that you know made all the money and sort of control those places you know they they uh they've grown they've grown a little um you know they gotta they gotta be shown that they're you know they're not god you know yeah the kind of interesting thing with like nowadays how it's almost like hated how people will have ghostwriters but mm. back in 50s 60s 70s it was basically like the same group of people writing every single pop song to ever exist like, yeah it, it yeah. was people wrote 
songs for people to perform. It was, it was and now it's people yeah. in the seventies, eighties. It was now you write your own shit or you're fucking suck. Like yeah, there was this one street on um, New York. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was a, it was a test question at school, and it was literally like all of the ghostwriters in the world were on this one street in New York, and you could hear walking down. <laughs> You could hear all the all the crappy pianos being played of, <laughs> of people. They would get they would give them like one room, and they would be like, "You have to your job is to come up with like five songs a day," and it would have an insane work rate, and they would just have a tiny little room in an apartment somewhere, and uh, and and in uh, a crappy little detuned piano, and their job would be to come up with melodies for you know the famous singers of the day to to you know to do right. And it was kind of like a, it's like a music sweatshop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it hasn't gotten much. It, it's gotten you know better, gotten a little bit better. I, I mm. hope. I imagine. I mean, at what point can we oversaturate a market so much that it's like something new is like a revolution of the Beatles kind of happens, or do we just die and move on? Hmm. Uh, like genre, not us. Genres. Um, I think they'll always be. I think they'll always be. I think it'll be more where genres are defined by less and less bands. I think it'll be it'll be more like very talented bands. They'll go and they'll do an album purposefully trying to do it in the genre that they like, and they'll try and bring back something from sort of like um, like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. They do this all the time, where they'll try and they'll be like, okay, let's try and make like a metal album. You know, let's try and make like a like a like a jazz album let's try and make like a you know they mostly do like psychic you know crazy psychedelic rock but sometimes they'll 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 try and restrain themselves to one genre instead of going off in whatever direction they come up with and i think the restraint is going to be sort of the theme of the future because we've had Mm -hmm. so much we've had so much expansion so much do what you know do do whatever in whatever direction i think now is the time for sort of discipline and, and restraint trying to specialize and do one thing very very well um yeah yeah that's a that's a great point you really want to focus on like you want to really just do what you can do well and chances are that'll be way better than than picking a thousand multifaceted directions Mm. and maybe one of them will work just like put the hours in that that's the i think especially from a producer side a lot of the time, it's just put the fucking work in. Put the hours in, and you mm. will get a great project. You will get a great song. You'll get a great mm-hmm. album. But it just takes work and time, right? Yeah. You, you get and a if pool it's something of ideas love, and yeah. take the best. Yeah. And it's got it's got to be something that, uh, you know, if you're, tr- if you're trying to, to dabble, in, you know, if you're trying to dabble, it's got to be something that you actually have love and respect for. Otherwise, it can't just be a, a cash grab, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> can't be just somebody going in and being like oh this is popular let's try and do you see that a lot hopping on trends like especially in hip-hop people will you know big rap you know popular artists will bite smaller rappers and have no idea of the community that that sort of stuff comes from so they'll just try and bite the sound or they'll tell their producer they'll be like you know give me something that sounds like this this guy and they won't you know they'll they won't say that they're doing it but uh but you know, if you have genuine respect for it, you know, like um, one of my favorite albums of the last, like, probably three, three. Well, one of my it's one of my favorite albums. It came out 
last three years. Uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wither Wizard infest the rat's nest, which is like, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, they're like a psychedelic rock band, but they wanted to make like a balls to the wall metal album. And I think they're Australian and yeah, they Australian, are. you know, yeah. Australians get down with metal. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and they pulled it off and they, and they, you know, they had songs that sounded like black Sabbath. They had death metal songs. They had, and it was all about this, cra- and it was the theme is all this crazy sci-fi adventure of just in, just like back in, you know, just like back in the day where it's this epic sort of fantasy, you know, adventure of, uh, the earth gets destroyed and, and all of humanity loads themselves onto spaceships and one side, I won't spoil too much, but, um, the impoverished people end up going to Venus and the rich people end up going to Mars and, <laughs> and Venus is like this oh. hellscape. So they, so like the, I think they die and then like the ghosts come and they, they haunt the people of Mars and it's just this, <laughs> it's wild. It's but it's awesome. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just great energy to it. And they, and they do so many, you know, they take bits from so many different subgenres, and, and they keep it classic as well. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that's, uh, something that I even, you know, I'll, I'll keep going back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're a fantastic band, and that's one I haven't heard. I'll have to dive into that one. That's fantastic. Yeah, hey, I'm on the same boat as as, as uh, Ryan. <laughs> I have not heard that, and, and no, I'm the metalhead. They're great. They're it's it's a great album. Um, that might just be a great segue into our segment. Yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do, do we want to uh, do we want to do this kind of round robin, or do we want to go through the list individually? Uh, it's up to you. It's up to you. Yeah. What do you think? We have uh, we've picked our top favorite, top five favorite albums right now that we're really vibing with. We we kind of just put together a quick list of uh, of uh, Devin, uh, mine, and and, and Will uh, Ryan's. Uh, well, I don't have a list. I'm gonna make it up as we go along. Make it, yeah. <laughs> well, not as great as you, Mister mm. Magic Producer Man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just stupid and can't remember things. So I, I wrote mine down anyway. But yeah, Devin, if you had to pick. Your top five albums right now that you're vibing with. What's what's number five? Hmm. 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 Of all time, of all time. No, just, just right now. Just what you're vibing with right now. Oh, just what I'm vibing yeah, with. Yeah. What right are you, What are you listening to right now that you just want to give a little shout out to? Maybe. Well, I've always been a big Arcade Fire fan. Oh. I love Arcade Fire. Um, whenever Represent I leave, the Canadians. Yeah, yeah. Whenever I leave Toronto. Or that was the uh, that was the album that I was listening to on the plane. Um, I listen to that when I go on planes for some reason. <laughs> the, the album from whenever you leave Toronto. Uh, yeah, yeah. Typically, I like uh, the Suburbs. One of my favorite albums. Okay. Uh, Funeral is also incredible. Yeah, those are both great albums. The first yeah. two. Um, and and. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, another another great one. I'm just kind of doing uh, nostalgic albums for yeah. me. Yeah, go, just, go, go through your five, yeah. Because I, I used to, nowadays I just listen to more like individual songs. Um, but back in the day, I, I used to listen to whole albums. You know, I was, I was very into, because I, I, I would download music off these sketchy apps and they would always be in the wrong order and it pissed me off because I was like, <laughs> yeah. the, artist wanted, yeah. the artist wanted me to do it in yeah. order. <laughs> but uh, I would say I'll do... The Suburbs, um, Andrew Jackson, Jihad, People Who Can Eat People are the luckiest people. 
that's another, another album I really liked uh, in high school um, because I was really I, I went through like a folk punk phase which I was like oh that's a that's a thing and then uh, An interesting genre yeah sure. yeah and, and it was another thing where it was like the the lifestyle thing where it's yeah. like you know who doesn't want to listen to music made by homo- charismatic yeah. homeless people Hell yeah you know so yeah I like that album uh, the Eminem show was probably my favorite Eminem album. Oh yeah. Yeah, I love. I I was uh, yeah, I was a big Eminem fan just because it was. I don't I don't know. It it was uh, you know, it made it made you feel a little bit less crazy, you know. <laughs> Knowing someone else out there is just as crazy as you. If exactly. Not crazier. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's uh, it, yeah, it's it's okay. You know, it's sort of like it's okay to be pissed off because the oh, world yeah. does suck. Oh yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like adults are shitty. <laughs> and now now here we are. It's just part of the fun, baby. Exactly. So the Eminem show. Yeah, that's good three. Um hmm, what else? Yeah, two more in ya. Two more in ya. Mm-hmm. I know you're saying steal this album earlier. Steal. I don't know if that was one. No, no. Um maybe I'll throw a Kanye album in there. Ooh. I'll throw in uh, I'll throw in Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, yeah. Just because it was him he was experimenting with genres and he was just going absolutely off the wall and it just had such a vibe to it where that's I like um, I like like listening to hip hop when I'm like doing something like running or, or working or working out and uh, yeah, that just had like a it just had like an energy of just it was it's a self-empowerment sort of you know i like i like music that makes me feel empowered mm-hmm. and makes me feel like i can do anything oh know? yeah that's and why i love metal yeah exactly um all right so I'll, I'll, do you have a favorite song off of Jesus? Jesus, um i like blood on the leaves is epic His new album's coming out uh, any day now. I Am a God is good. New Slaves is good. Hold My Liquor is good. Um, Surprise, the whole album's good. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, what else is good? I really like Bright Eyes. I'm a big Bright Eyes fan, too. Bright Eyes? With uh, Connor Oberst. Um, What's my favorite Bright Eyes? Probably Reflections and Mirrors. It's sort of like an emo, it's like a folk emo kind of song. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, and, and they're just kind of like sap. He just kind of tells like sappy. I, li- I like his voice. I like his voice because it's not a traditional, it's not a traditional kind of vocal. Um, it almost, it sounds like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's like wisp. It's not whispery, but like, yeah, it's not, it's not, uh, it's something it, like a studio executive would tell you you suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he cre- but he creates great music and, and it works well for his sort of emotional kind of storytelling. And um, yeah. Yeah. Right on. 
Mm-hmm. I, that's that's two genres I don't think I've ever heard clash together, and mm-hmm. I love both of them individually, so I'm sure they're just as good together. Well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a solid solid few albums. Um, I'll, I'll just go through mine real quick. Uh, these are just the ones I'm vibing with right now a lot. Basically just listening on to repeat. Uh, uh, unlike kind of uh, Devin, I'm done that in reverse, essentially. I only listen to singles and songs individually, mm. but now I like religiously listen to albums start mm. to finish. <laughs> it's kind of funny if it's the flip-flop. Mm. But uh, one I've been listening to a ton is the new Rise Against album, uh, mm. Nowhere Generation. Just some good solid punk, great political messages. I love Rise Against, yeah. Yeah, they've just a good, clean, consistent punk band. Um, and the other one is the uh, good old Gojira Gojira is another. They were an old school favorite. Phenomenal band. Fucking under completely underrated. Uh, I would say, um, from Mars to Sirius is one of my favorite metal bands. That's such a heavy record too. Absolutely, it's crushing. Yeah, the 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 one after that as well. Like basically all of the other one is uh, Enfant Sauvage. Enfant Sauvage. Yeah. Yeah. That's a no. Yeah, the the flesh within. I think that was before. One of those. What was that? Yeah, maybe that maybe after that might be between. Yeah. Um. It's yeah, Fortitude. Their new one is fucking phenomenal. I think they've had such a broad reach with that one. Wow. It's like less of like the deathcore kind of French metal technical kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, but yeah, they're I'll have early, to check it out. I, think. I highly yeah. recommend. Yeah, it's so good start to finish, especially that one. It's almost meant meant to be listened to as a almost a concept album. I, it might be. Mm. Um, but Do yeah. you know Caveller uh, Talk? I don't. They're. I'll show you. I'll show you Caveller Talk because they're like a. They're. I guess they would be called death and roll. Okay. Cause they're, cause they're death like, cause they're like a black, it's like black metal mixed with like, like old school, like rock and roll, rock and thing? roll guitar riffs. Interesting. It's like, it's, that's unique. Yeah. 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 I think they're, they're from Europe. I think. Interesting. They're, they're pretty cool too. Yeah. I'm definitely engaged with that. I'm not too much of a black metal. Like Gojira is like one of like the heaviest bands I listen to and mm-hmm. they're not the heaviest thing out there, but they're like death core technical. So like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, they would be, I don't know, metal metal. <laughs> They're metal. Um, yeah, great band. Mm-hmm. Uh, another uh, English band, Royal Blood, fucking phenomenal bassist and drummer. Royal Blood, I think I know. Uh, they had that song, Figured It Out, came out a couple, uh, five, six years ago. That was, was everywhere. I remember hearing about them in high school, but they had just their new record, Typhoons, come out. Okay. And it's a solid, solid record. But like, check that out too. Yeah, a bassist and a drummer, man. Like that's that's my heart, and <laughs> apparently yours as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, great album. Another one is uh, ACDC's Racer Edge, Razor's Edge. Uh-huh. I've been just binging that <laughs> like crazy. It's just solid classic rock and roll, mm-hmm. and it's probably ACDC's like hardest album. Yeah, it has like the Thunderstruck and of course as, I, as the I, opener. My dad was a massive ACDC fan. Mm-hmm. He he listened to ACDC, April Wine. You like the April oh, Wine? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah, they're phenomenal. Phenomenal band from Halifax too. Yeah, yeah. Canadian yeah. love. Yeah. Oh yeah, and uh, I've been listening to a lot of Creedence Clearwater Revival. Oh, CCR is <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Canadian love, tragically hip. That's a fucking band. Mm. Oh yeah, perfect through and through. Um, last one I've been really vibing with a lot lately is uh, <laughs> kind of a weird one, but Metallica's Death Magnetic. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. I've been listening to it on repeat. I'm, I, you know, within the last year, I've been. I, I used to, to have the every day. I used to have the Black Album on CD, oh, yeah. and I would listen to that all the time. But I don't I don't know too much about the other. Uh, I got to get into the other uh, the other albums. Um, highly recommend. I am a, like a. 
full Metallica super fan now at this point. Like, just my whole <laughs> life is... Because they really did, like, define... They defined, like... Well, the world perception of metal as well, for the better, I would say. Oh, yeah. They popularized. They're the world's biggest metal band. Mm, I don't think you can not say anything. And, and, and they uh, they earned it. They fucking earned it. <laughs> with the, especially with the... I mean, the Black Album was their, their sellout for a lot of people, but it's like, that was the point. That's what they were trying to do. Shorter, catchier songs. Oh, I bought it. And yeah. fuck... Yeah, it, that was the first... Like, I bought Puppets. It sold, you know, if yeah. they're selling out. That, that's the thing. Like, everybody thinks, like, Master of Puppets is their best one. I bought that on... I have all their stuff on vinyl mm. now. Um, but I bought that first, and I was like, yeah, that was a good album. Like, that was all right. And then, like, I bought the Black Album, and I listened to that every day, start to finish, mm. like, probably three or four times. Yeah. And then I went back and just fell in love they, with every single some, song. Yeah. Some people, they think it's because it's just because it's catchy. It's yeah. like, it's like, no, it's very, you know, if it was bad, it wouldn't be. It's it would memorable. Be, it's like, it, it, they could have sold out and made bad songs, yeah. you know? They could have they could have just done the Black Album forever after that as well, but mm. they didn't. And also, the Black Album was them switching their taste from was selling out. Like Justice was a sellout. Master of Puppets was a sellout. And, and it's it's something some you know. There's there's so many people where it's like, they, they they it takes something a little bit more, you know, more polished to get some people to be. It's like okay, now I get it. Yeah. You know, now I understand why other people. And then you know you listen. A lot of people probably listen to the Black Album, and then that probably got them into metal. You know that probably. It was probably their first step. Yeah. And or it could be somebody, you know, somebody who's um, a massive fan of it already. Mm -hmm. And they just want something. They want something new to they just want something new that's good. Right. They want something that hits. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's not all about, uh, you know, creating something that's catchy and memorable. It's like you can you can make a song that you can make a song that's too complicated and too. You know, it's got too much going on to the point where none of it actually, none of it actually, you, you, you just, it doesn't penetrate past the skin because it's, it's coming from so many different directions. It's and just overstimulating or it's hard to follow, hard yeah. to appreciate. Sometimes it's like pick one, sometimes you got to pick one thing and get good at it. And yeah. sometimes, you, sometimes you got to hit from, look at Tool, like the evolution of Tool. Mm-hmm. They go from uh, early on, earlier on where they're more of like a punk metal band and then they go on and, and they do much more like pro, progressive yeah. um, and electronic and, yeah. you know, progressive and electronic stuff. It's, yeah. Boy. I must pee so you can voice carry this out. All right. Okay. I'll give you a sec to go out. I'm oh. going to have to pee after you come back. Oh, God. You can... I'll have to pee too. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I feel I feel like a bit of a black sheep with you guys vibing over metal over there. Okay. Um, I got. Uh, yeah, I listen to a lot of. I listen to a lot more as well. So. Oh yeah. Um, for me, I guess. Yeah. At the at this very moment, I'm not listening to a whole lot of albums, but just recently, I I have been digging into a few. Um, in no particular order, number five, um, Andy Schaff's, uh, The Neon Skyline. He's a Canadian singer-songwriter. I first found him on CBC Radio, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells these these quirky little stories. Sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're sad. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's this album's kind of the story about someone who, yeah, he's like going to these bars and everything, and there's this girl who shows up who he used to date and everything. But it's mm-hmm. it's a neat little album, and it's quite good. Um, his his previous album, The Party, 
mm-hmm. was interesting because like it was about this party, this house party someone has where everything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Like someone drunkenly confesses their love to someone and it doesn't go well. Someone twists their ankle while dancing. Um, one guy literally. It's not like the house party in Primer. <laughs> yeah <laughs> obscure reference there though. obscure reference but um yeah and someone else like literally has a heart attack and dies yeah. in one of the later tracks so it's interesting and That's i funny. love that album because because you know people our age that is like uh that is where a lot of like moment defining moments for good and for bad happen at house parties. yeah <laughs> but um yeah like that album i thought was quite stellar and this one is really good too i i think this one has a lot more variety and in a lot of subtle ways mm. so it might be just as good if not better but i don't know i need i need more lessons to be sure mm-hmm. uh number four because i always have a radiohead playlist in mm. the rotation um uh, at the moment i'm digging back into in rainbows nice yeah nice. it's considered it's probably their most accessible album but uh an, a fantastic one a lot of we don't talk about pablo honey (laughs) yeah (laughs) that one's an underrated classic no i i don't know about that but um hey man creep was creep was one of my favorite songs man (laughs) actually just recently tom york released a solo like remix of creep oh really it's slowed down a little bit and everything and it's interesting and it's good really yeah like there's this whole thing like just a year or two ago for the first time in ages they played creep at a live show so they might be warming back up to it really yeah like it's i get i get their hatred for it because like (laughs) it's they've gone so much further beyond it and it's well i i can understand when they were younger and they were like trying to do no man you don't understand what we're trying to do yeah (laughs) but and i completely and but now that it's like now i i feel like now is a good time to I mean, you know, you, it's like, come on, guys. Admit that you made a good song. Yeah. Screw, fuck you. You yeah, made a good it song. Is, it yeah. is a good song, and I, I do think they are waking up to that. It's not good for the um, same reasons that their other songs are good, but none, yeah. their, none of their songs are good for the same reason as any of their other songs. Yeah, they have uh, so much variety and everything. And, yeah, and lately I've just, I've kind of been digging about, like, kind of into more dancey kind of beats and mm. uh in rainbows is very kind of upbeat compared to their other work so mm-hmm. that's a big reason um number three uh fleet fox's uh self-titled album mm. they're a fleet fan Fo- fleet foxes are great oh yeah they're fantastic folk band would you call them folk rock at all i think they're more pure folk i would call them um folk with um influences from what what I've heard been called baroque pop. Have hmm. you ever heard of that? Where it's like classical, it's like pop music, but with like, but it's 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 funny because nowadays there's such a thing as obscure pop music. Yeah, where people <laughs> where people play around with the genre of pop music. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I know about hyper pop, but hyper- I don't think I've heard of baroque pop. Yeah, it's uh, what's the there's a, a Scottish band. But it's kind of it's mm-hmm. like upbeat. Uh, it's got like class, kind of classical. 
like it's got it's like pop music with violins. I think. It's the oh, I don't know. <laughs> cool. I'm not cool. an ex. I'm not. An, I'm not nearly an expert. Somebody out there should probably see him. But yeah. <laughs> oh my god Devin stop talking about broke pop <laughs> um I'm sorry <laughs> yeah and so but they're great oh yeah they're fantastic so I I've wanted for a while now to dig into their discography so I'm just kind of starting at the top mm-hmm. and uh like yeah there's a number of songs that I've always loved uh Mykonos and all that and I have heard a good chunk of their album crack up which is uh, yeah, I don't, know, I don't know where they would be genre-wise, but it's within elbows distance of Arcade Fire, I would say. Would you say? I Yeah, I could see where you're coming from. Like, mm. they've got some sort of similar sensibility in there somewhere, but... I th- although I think yeah. Arcade Fire is much more... They went in a much more electronic direction. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I think they were, they were more rock to electronic, whereas... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Fleet Foxes were, were they were always trying to use you know multi layered instrumentation and, and uh, folk style stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, fantastic. Check any of their stuff out. I, I, it, um, it might be the production actually. It might be the production that makes them kind of sound similar because they have that very re- oh, yeah. reverby. Um, yeah, that's lots true. of instruments. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. They have just kind of complex arrangements and all that. Um, so yeah. Number four, I've been re-listening to uh, Brian Eno's The Ship a lot, mostly because I've been um, I've been like drawing uh, certain things. I've got like visual art projects on the go. Brian Eno did the soundtrack to Dune, which I just watched recently. The have you guys heard of Dune? Oh, like the eighties, the eighties movie, movie? Oh, the David yeah. Lynch one. The David yeah, yeah, Lynch I watched it. In fact, just last night I watched a video on why it ended up going so wrong. But um, yeah, I watched it ages ago, and I was profoundly confused by it. I think mm. because the DVD skipped <laughs> large parts, and it was already pretty confusing. Oh yeah, because like, well, I, I read the yeah. book when I was. Uh, I was working as a security guard i spent most of the job just reading dune mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lawn chair <laughs> and uh so yeah I, I had already read the book so and i was a big david lynch fan so i watched mm-hmm. the movie mm-hmm. recently and i loved it i thought it was uh i loved it because it was weird yeah um, yeah but uh, i can definitely see why somebody comes into it and is like what the hell is going yeah <laughs> what the hell is going and and it didn't necessarily stay 100 percent faithful to the book mm-hmm. you know lynch said that you know there was some studio messing behind the scenes but yeah he didn't get final cut and mm. they didn't he wanted to do it in multiple films um i could i could see uh, yeah because there's a massive there's a part near the end where there's like a large time skip where he's like and yeah, after that, that might have been what confused me and, a bit. and after that he yeah. spent the next years fighting a war of rebellion and it's like I'd kind of like to see that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it, yeah. So you can, de- yeah. yeah. But he had so. If you read the book, it's like there's so much to cram in there. But yeah. anyway, new Dune. There's a new Dune coming out in yeah. October. I'm quite Brian excited Eno, for it. Brian Eno did the soundtrack for it, and mm. it's an incredible. He did the great. soundtrack for the new one. For the old one. For the old. Oh, one. okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, that's yeah. what I thought initially, but then you, the way you phrased that, confused me. Sorry, but yeah, yeah, um, jumped in there. Yeah, Brian Eno, legendary producer. And everything he worked with a ton of big bands, uh, including like uh, U2 mm. and like a, just a countless number of others. But his solo stuff is interesting. He does mostly ambient music, 
yeah. which he I think he coined the term. I think I'm, I think he was one of the first ambient producers. Yeah, yeah. he's a real groundbreaker. Um, but yeah, the ship is uh, yeah. I like to listen to it when I work sometimes did because he ever, did he ever do anything with Boards of Canada? Not that I know of, because like them being uh, like an electronic, a very reclusive sort of electronic outfit. Mm. I would think that they'd handle their own production and like everything top to bottom mostly. Do, do they? I wonder. I wonder if they like. Because are they both from? Is Brian Eno from the UK? Uh, yeah, I think he's from the UK, but Boards okay. of Canada is Scottish, and I think they work mostly out of Edinburgh. Well, I mean that's part of the UK. Yeah, yeah. For now, but I don't, I don't <laughs> know how much. Yeah, I don't know how much, how how much those two scenes like exchange. But I don't. They probably exchange a fair bit. But it's a small, uh, small, small island. Yeah. But um, yeah, the ship. I like working to it because it's like it's the a, ship. I like to listen. It's an ambient kind of slow burn, and I don't know if it's about like World War Two or the history of Britain or the apocalypse. <laughs> it's like it's it's very mysterious. All, probably all three. And yeah, yeah, probably all three to be honest. But it's very cool listening, and uh, yeah, and it ends with first a spoken word track, and then this sweet, short, more conventional little song that's just beautiful. And it's it's uh, one of my, it's quickly become one of my all time favorite albums. Period. Nice. Um, but yeah, and do you have a favorite track on that one? Favorite track. Well, the first track is like forty minutes long, and it's really cool. I think I might prefer the second track, which gets a little bit darker, a little bit more cryptic. Uh, I think it's called Fickle Sun One, mm. or something. Um, yeah, it gets a little bit more cryptic and like the the little lines that he says are they're they're very evocative and everything. Um so I guess that one um yeah, but they're they're also cool and varied. Like there's only four tracks cuz the first two are so long. Mm, and then yeah. yeah, and then the last two are are uh, unique in their own way and they're beautiful. But I listened to the the final track uh, Fickle Sun 3, I'm Set Free. I listen mm-hmm. to it a lot. Okay. Cuz it's a beautiful little song and it just it makes me feel like i'm set free <laughs> like uh <laughs> what are you gonna do about it, what are you gonna do about it? Mm-hmm. yeah um and it's a free man walking that's free man walking that's so cool though yeah like, you're giving it the, like eliciting the same emotion every time you listen to a song or like mm. at least giving like going to that song for that emotion is such a fun thing for me usually yeah and, I, uh, and yeah. totally an ambient song like that is that a totally ambient one or is there um, no, it's a bit more conventional. There's a lot of orchestration, though. Okay. So it has a very full kind of sound, but I wouldn't describe it as ambient. Yeah, okay. it's definitely not ambient. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And so for my number one pick, I, I've i been, like, constantly pouring over Tom York's Anima, mm-hmm. which came out in 2019. When I first listened to it, I don't think we discussed this on the show yet. Not on the show. No. no, not on the show. Yeah, when I first listened to it, I I really only liked maybe one, maybe two tracks, and I thought it was just okay. Mm. Um, then I gave it a second listen at one point, and there were a few more tracks that stood out to me. But then, like, the third time, I I watched this, like, short little music video for, for one of the songs, and something kind of just clicked. And I went back, 
and it was like every single song was genius mm. it's like it's so cool it's <laughs> it's got a very unique sound yeah and it's just it's just a damn good album i don't yeah i could, I could talk about it a long time it would yeah. take a while to really there's a couple of albums that are like that for me it. where it's like i just couldn't you you just listen to you know you do the thing sometimes I'll, I'll have a bad habit of like okay what's what's this all about and i'll like skip halfway through yeah you know, especially for longer songs it's like okay where's this you know i'll just listen to this and, and you'll do that and you'll you know you won't get the context and mm-hmm. or even if you listen to the whole thing you'll, you, you just won't kind of get it yeah. and then until you it'll be like one song on the album it's like oh okay this is yeah yeah it makes the pieces fit but yeah, I like started out liking the first half a lot more, and now I'm I might prefer the second half. Hmm. It's interesting how it flops. I had a very similar experience when I was first getting into Radiohead as well. Mm. I'd really love the first few songs, and then they kind of lose me a bit. But gradually, it's almost like I I love the later cuts a lot more. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's interesting how nice. the perception evolves. Mm. I feel like that's a very common thing for like a lot of albums. I find I do that a lot with yeah. a lot of albums where it's like the A sides are obviously the ones I thought that were best. So it's like those are the ones you fall in that's, love with. That's and the, the D sides creep up on you. Mm. Yeah, they creep up on you. Um. <laughs> yeah. if, if you had a, uh, I was wondering if um, if it was if it was a longer list, where would you put the last MGMT album? Oh yeah, jeez. Because <laughs> I've been listening, I've been re-listening to that lately. Of um, just to sp- my little dark age, just that mm-hmm. song in particular, just because they, it's I've s- you see so many edits of it put on to, uh, it's it's a good song to put in the background of, uh, of I don't know whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, it makes cool montage music. Oh yeah, yeah, that's very true. I yeah, I loved that album so much when it came out, and obviously I, I still do, mm. but I kind of fell off it for a while. Like I didn't really listen to it for like a year, year and a half. Mm. But I think lately, lately I did kind of listen to um, Little Dark Age and uh, When You Die a bit, mm. which are my favorite. I would say I would say those are my favorite songs. Yeah, on that album they're too. all really good though. Um, yeah, it's it's so hard to to choose because like, uh, yeah, because I feel since then I've I've. Uh, gotten so much into like radiohead for instance mm, mm. and stuff that that kind of complicates the whole thing they'd be up there for sure like, yeah I'm, you don't have I, to don't have to rank it but, but yeah. I, I like them because they were when did like kids and and when we pretend and uh they did another that was their first one i think that was like that was like years that was years ago that, w- that was later than 2008 right it was or when was we were it? like early high school hmm yeah, so it w- yeah, it would have been like 20 2012ish, do you think? Probably around yeah. around there. Yeah. Since since uh I think it was after Little Dark Age, I listened to a lot of uh, their album Congratulations, which mm. is fantastic as well. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. they're they're I th- I think they were they're an underrated band that sort of played on they played on the edge, right? Cuz they they didn't nothing else sounded like them at the time. And nothing still still does right yeah yeah they're definitely really good i don't know if i necessarily say they're underrated because i think since I, then they're very rated actually yeah since <laughs> then yeah they've <laughs> gathered quite the following yeah actually yeah i out of the out of musicians that were actually popular when when we were in high school i would say they're one of the uh, 
they're one of the ones that holds up a lot. Oh yeah. Out of all yeah. the high school playlists, they're probably one the one that's gonna last. I'd say. Oh yeah, yeah they've lasted this long. And couple, yeah, they've got a couple going. classic, classic albums. Mm-hmm. And and I think it's just because those early songs are so nostalgic too. Mm-hmm. No, it's all right. We're talking about um, what were we talking? We were talking about MGMT. Yep. And then, uh, <laughs> and then we cut it off for a quick pee break there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I. I I think this is just interject at this point. This has been an excellent conversation. Well, thank it's you, been thank you. an absolute pleasure to have you on. Well, I've had a lot of fun too. And yeah, I think this has been a great, uh, great conversation. Is, is there an, any kind of goals music wise for the rest of your life? You think you can, you kind of want to conquer or like albums you want to make genres you want to kind of produce or, um, you know, I'd like to get, I'd just like to get better at, uh, I'd like to get better at the instruments that I, I like, I enjoy playing and I'd like to record, I want to record a folk album actually. Oh, cool. So, cool. Yeah. Why is that? Um, just, uh, I don't know. I just feel like it just for, you know, my grandparents and mm. just, I don't, just cause That's I, nice. just for the re just for the region. And yeah, I just think it's a, a legacy of, you know, a legacy of like maritime folk music that needs to be continued. So completely agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a, a quick side note. Have you ever heard of East pointers? East Pointers, I've heard of them. Yeah, uh, phenomenal band. They've they've really brought like kind of this island folk music with like pop music, uh, kind of quite well. Yeah, they're very yeah, they're they're the core is definitely pop, but it's or sorry, the core is definitely folk, mm-hmm. but they take it in sort of a poppy direction, yeah. and nice, it's nice. it's very it's kind of folk party music, kind of classic. Nice, yeah, yeah. kitchen like party, that. kitchen exactly, party, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and, and which it's is, good. It's fun, and it's it's awesome. Who doesn't enjoy that? I think first of all, when mm. I hear it, could just be the the uh, the islanders in us, or <laughs> yeah. or whatever, or the folk in us. But uh, but fuck, it's super catchy. Like mm. the bass synthesizer, fiddle, banjo. It's oh yeah, and, better and than that. Weirdly, on the internet, there's been a revival of like sea shanties. Have you noticed that? Yeah, like yes, folk yeah. music and sea shanties. Yeah, like I think it's well, I think it was like uh, YouTuber trends or something like that. It was some some sort of meme that went viral. Yeah, I was gonna say there were TikToks of it, but, but yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's something that just kind of reminds you that it's like these things have universal appeal, and that's the you know that's the music of you know that's the music of uh, you know, the people that lived here, the people you know the people that raised us, right? So it's yeah, it's it's just that history passed down through music, right? And, and we learn the songs we learn to play the instruments and we, we carry that on i think that's a, a great point as well of just musically it's always good to get better at your instruments exactly you always exactly. Get better. yeah and like that's also a, like a, a kind of a loop back to what we we're talking about earlier with like how do you kind of carve your own uniqueness or like revolutionize some sort of new music thing whereas like an artist you want to make something that's new and different if you get really fucking good at an instrument, chances mm-hmm. are you'll be able to do things other people can't, or mm-hmm. at least be able to incorporate that into your music in some way that'll be you'll be able enough. to express the things that you think of easier. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of like the same idea of getting quality out of quantity, mm-hmm. where if like you know you make a ton of stuff, eventually you're gonna make some good stuff. Similar thing mm-hmm. with like deepening your technical skills. Eventually, you'll come up with something unique. Mm. Or just, it, or it'll just be really good. Mm. It, it's kind of like that old uh, thought of like, well, the the Beatles were able to revolutionize like 
rock and roll because they had almost no preconceptions, no experience of anything. So they weren't tainted with all of this knowledge and experience. Mm -hmm. But also, if you don't have the knowledge and experience, it's really hard to expand and understand what you're doing. But there's a lot of rock and roll bands that got started by just like, yeah, I just play that. Like Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl still has no idea how to read music. He doesn't know what chords (laughs) he's playing. The biggest top 10 rock and roll artist of all time Mm. consistently. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't know what the fuck he's playing. Yeah. Um, Well, he figured out some sort of system. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Clearly. That's it. Um, Do what works for you. Yeah, exactly. On on sort of that note, I wanted to bring this up earlier. Um, When I was in um, kind of high school, a friend of mine, he wanted to, he was really into manga and stuff. Mm. He really wanted to write a manga. And for a little while, uh, I was flirting with the idea of drawing it for him and all that. But um, he he had this idea where he wanted to... He had a lot of weird ideas. Like, he wanted to write it and then translate it into Japanese and then back into English. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he had these weird <laughs> sort of... These weird sort of purist ideas. But... Um, <laughs> Another thing, so he, that it would be, so, so that it would be written like exactly that kind of makes sense. So it would be written. It, like it does make sense, but I don't know. At the same time, to me, it it feels like kind of a pointless thing kind, to do. Kind of, yeah. At this, but at the same time, it's like it could be interesting though. It's it's not going to be. It's not going to be made that much better for that. Yeah, it's it's not going to be the same because you're not from Japan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that influ- You know, that influences everything that sort of where you're from and who you are sort of influences the sort of art you're going to make, especially yeah. within a genre, right? Yes. So, and especially the particulars of their language and mm-hmm. how they translate. In the, yeah, yeah, the cadence and the mannerisms of how they speak. It's just the cultural influence you have from yeah. growing up there, right? Oh, yeah. Like our whole folk and music. That but he had And they this... don't have swear words in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have... They, they, huh. they literally don't. Their language... That's cool. They only have like very... like less you know they have less polite forms that's of words. probably <laughs> why um whenever they swear in sub it's it's in english Ingri- yeah, yeah yeah it's like the worst the worst insult is like trash or like worthless yeah so it's, um, <laughs> that is pretty good yeah yeah i mean worthless trash? it's simple mm-hmm. you know it gets the job done you don't really yeah. need yeah, there's no <laughs> frivolous kind of whereas in english you. it's almost it's an art form it's, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's to amplify the message, though, but yeah. it's often used to not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's thrown away, but um, he had this idea that he would, in in writing it, he wanted to close himself off from influence and all that, and I, I I told him like, you know, um, when it comes to influences, I think, you know. How do I put this? Well, what I essentially said was that I think it's more important not to free yourself from these influences, but rather be aware of your influences. And like when you have an idea, what specifically is influencing it? So you know that whether or not you're you're actually plagiarizing it rather than just taking cues from it, you know, in, in and of itself. The desire to close yourself off, yeah, that's an idea that also is influenced by, you mm-hmm. know, like that, that's something that something is influencing them to do that, right? That's not something yeah. that naturally would, they would do if they were just a person that's just like, yeah, no, I, I, I don't really, I don't really listen to a lot of music or, or watch a lot of TV. I just do my own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be different. But if they're trying to consciously, it's like, okay, I have to 
in order to do the in order to do what I want to do, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it was completely natural, they would just be it wouldn't be a conscious thing. That's just they wouldn't even notice it. Right. Yeah. So, I think yeah, I think it would be better to be just kind of naturally, you know, obviously be aware of, you know, everything that you're consuming. That's good mm-hmm. advice for anybody. But yeah, just do do and do the things that you do the things that you enjoy because that is what would naturally be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah, obviously don't outright copy things, but don't be afraid mm. to take bits and pieces of what you like. Yeah, 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 because when you when you break down your own influences, oftentimes people don't even realize that they were influenced by, you know, things before them, right? Everything yeah. is this sort of cycle of things, the cycle of chains that goes all the way back till, you know, when they invented the instruments that they're using, right? Yeah. I I think it was Einstein who said this. It might be one of those sort of like fake or misattributed quotes, but he mm-hmm. said uh, genius is uh Hiding your, uh, is, uh, fuck, 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 fuck. He said, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it it was, uh, something along the lines of, uh, yellow is pee. (laughs) Pee is stored in the balls. Pee is stored in the balls. Um, (laughs) Yeah, something along the lines of, uh, genius is correctly hiding your, uh, Mm, your, your sources. Yeah. That's yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Standing on the the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. Such. Yeah. So and like, there's so much out there. Like you might be able, you might just be able to take something to the next level. Mm, yeah. You exactly. don't always have to go right back to the beginning, although that can be useful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be a monk in order to. Say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you again for coming no, on. Thanks for having me. It's been a great time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is this is everything we really wanted out of having guests because you're, you're knowledgeable about what you're talking about. You're passionate, obviously, and you're articulate. Thank you. And we've been able to kind of just go with the flow of this conversation so well, and we've mm. gone off on all sorts of relevant tangents and they've they've been very entertaining exactly this is this is exactly what we're going with the flow it's uh no it's been it's been awesome you know it's a great conversation when we don't have to fucking look at the notes yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, but absolutely just uh, a great conversation i think great chemistry here i really appreciate you coming on and and uh, sharing your world of music with us thank you anytime on any topic i'm I'm always down sweet Yeah, thanks for listening to this special episode. Um, you don't have any plugs currently you want us to do, but if, if you have any in the future, we'll put them on. Thank you, thank you. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I'll definitely let you know what, uh, what the next project is. Excellent. Yeah, we'll keep, we'll keep our audience updated on your stuff too. And let us know how that bass and drum playing goes. Thank because you, it would be great to have somebody to compete with drum skills. Like, look what I learned. Well, you probably you'd probably beat me. I've, it's been a while since I've practiced uh, consistently, but I'm always uh, I'm always down to try. Sweet. Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, consistency in practice. I'm always like, yeah, play the drums, get bored of that, move to guitar, more, get bored of that, move to keyboards. Mm. It's the circle <laughs> of music. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I, I think like. There's not so many other friends that we have that have uh, like great knowledge in music, like pr- the production side of things. Actually, going to mm-hmm. school for this. So, yeah. Um, mm. Well, that's what attracted to me. It was it 
because there was so little around. There was so little around me. It seemed like such a, I was like, how the hell do they make those sounds? It's like, what instrument? It's like I was hearing more and more music where I literally could not place the instruments. And then, and I was like, is that, is that what they're calling electronic music? <laughs> yeah. And then, and, and yeah, I was just, I was, you know, I had to, I had to figure it out, you know, I was like, how the hell do they do this? So, but yeah, it's been, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Can't wait to see uh, what work you come up with and, and maybe we'll work together someday and you can help us out, maybe, Absolutely. you know, pull the best out of us, maybe. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right on. Well, take care and. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Farewell, everyone.